Hi, this is Christian Kuhn of Urban Village Church in Chicago. Welcome back to my sermon podcast. It is good to be back with you today. Uh, this week's podcast will be very bittersweet. I'll explain more about that in a moment. But first, let me uh, talk about, or read rather, this uh, scripture reading for this week. We're going to be reading from the book of Acts, uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. So here are these words. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer at three o'clock in the afternoon, and a man lame from birth was being carried in. People would lay him daily at the gate of the temple called the Beautiful Gate, so that he could ask for alms from those entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them for alms. Peter looked intently at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. Immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. Jumping up, he stood and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. All the people who saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized him as the one who used to sit and ask for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. May God's blessing be on the reading, hearing, and living out of this word. Several years ago, I was uh, on the train heading north, and I had with me uh, my devotional for many, many years. Uh, I have the devotional, uh, one of the devotions I've used are edited by a former United Methodist bishop named Reuben Job, who was one of my spiritual heroes. And I can't remember why I was, because usually I keep that at home, the devotional home, but I had it with me that particular day on the train. Maybe I was reading on the train or something. And as I was standing there, I had the book out, and a woman noted the book, and she read the cover of it. I think it said, or Guide to Prayer is one of the beginnings of the title. And she noted and said something to the effect of, I could use something like that. So we started chatting and I explained to her, you know, why I like it and asked her a little bit about herself. And uh, as we were getting closer, she said something about um, she was having a hard time uh, in life. uh, And as we were getting closer to her stop, uh, I felt this urge, uh, I'm going to chalk it up to the Holy Spirit, felt this urge that was kind of whispering in my ear to give her this devotional. Now, I don't know if I can emphasize enough just how important these devotionals have been to me over my life. I started um, being pretty regular about my devotionals, or rather reading a devotional and praying in the morning since I graduated from college. And so that has been, let me do the math in my head, almost 30 years since I've been doing uh, that. And uh, particularly, as I noted, the ones edited by Reuben Job. So they're very important to me. I mean, I I hold them dear to my heart. But on this particular day on the train, I just had the sense I'm supposed to give this devotional away to this woman. And I, I mean, the stop was getting closer and closer. And so I'm kind of arguing with the spirit in my head, like, Lord, I really like this devotional. I mean, it draws me closer to you. Why would you want me to give this away to you? But I uh, 
decided to, okay, I'm going to go with it. And I gave her, and she was really delightfully surprised by it and, and, and thanked me for it. And so she got off the train and, and went her way. And of course I never saw her again. And so as the train kept heading North and I saw her walking away, my first reaction, you would think as a, as a person who does religion and faith for a living, you would think that I would feel very pleased with myself. Like I've done a good thing here, but my Really, my initial reaction was, I cannot believe I just gave away my devotional. This thing that means so much to me. Why in the world did I give this away to a total stranger? I can't believe I gave something away so meaningful. So, another story. June 2009. I'm about to, our family is about to move from... Uh, the suburb we were living in, into the city to start this new church. And the night before we moved, I was standing there in my kitchen washing dishes, and I looked out in the backyard and I saw our daughter, who was eight at the time, playing in our backyard. And this really was a lovely home that we lived in. It had a great backyard. It had a swing set. It had this little house. Uh, and the dog, I think, was out playing in the backyard. And I was thinking to myself, we are moving into the South Loop neighborhood in a townhome, which is a nice townhome, but still, there's no yard at all. There's a park kind of nearby, but it's just not going to be the same. So as I'm standing there watching my daughter play and run around in the backyard, I was thinking to myself, I can't believe I'm about to give all of this up. I'm about to give this up not only for myself, but I'm about to give this up on behalf of my family to what am I thinking? It is not easy to give things away. And at times, I think we are only asked to give what we have. So in a way, I'm giving something up um, too, as I think about this sermon, as I think about the next phase of my own ministry. I am giving up day-to-day control, as it were, of being the site pastor for Urban Village South Loop. I think I mentioned uh, in a podcast a couple weeks ago that this would be my last sermon at the South Loop as I shift responsibilities and become uh, take on a new role within Urban Village. And a major part of that is looking at a suburban church uh, in Chicago and looking at the possibilities of that becoming part of Urban Village. So I'll be spending my Sundays, at least for the next few months, there. Uh, and that is a lot. It's a lot to give that up. And so I have been thinking to myself a lot these last few weeks, uh, I can't believe that I am doing this. I can't believe I'm giving up uh, all of the joys of being the site pastor of this uh, location. I can't believe all the relationships that, I mean, I'll still be in touch. I'll still be around every village, but I don't see folks as often. I can't believe I'm giving all of that up. Well, we see here in our text today from Acts the same kind of thing. Somebody who is giving something away. And it's also a little bit tied into this sermon series that we are uh, talking about beyond invitation. It's a sermon series about evangelism and how do we share this good news, particularly because this word evangelism is loaded with lots of negative stereotypes. And so we see here in this text, there's this man and he's asked uh, for Peter to give something. He wants alms. Uh, The text makes it, uh, or 
tells the story that this man is uh, poor. He, he needs alms to live. And so he does what he, we can take from the text, what he's been doing quite a bit with other people. He asks uh, Peter and John to give something. And it, they respond in an interesting way. I think perhaps maybe they, a lot of people, what a lot of people did then is what we do now when we're in the city. We see a lot of people who are on street corners asking for things and we'll either say, I'm sorry, or we look the other way, or we say, I don't have it on me today, or whatever it is. And so instead, Peter says to the man, look at me. He wants to get the man's attention. And then he makes an interesting thing. He first notes what he doesn't have. He says, I don't have what you're looking for, but I have what I have something that you are looking for. And that's all any of us can do is to give out of what we do have. And what Peter and John give is they give their story, he give their faith, they give their testimony, their belief in the power of Jesus Christ. And in this case, they share this story, they share this testimony, and this transforms the man so much so that he begins to jump and leap with praise at what has happened. The six words in this passage as I was reading over the text this week that really jump out at me are this. When Peter says, what I have, I give you. And I think that's all that God asks of any of us. And that is for us to think and reflect on what do we have, and then to ask ourselves, what can I give away? It's like one of the powerful meanings, I think, of the story when you may know the story of the feeding of the 5,000. And when the disciples come to Jesus and say, we don't have enough food to feed everybody, one of the first things that Jesus says, what do you have? And that's when they kind of scrounge around and say, well, we've got a few loaves and a couple of fish. And Jesus says, that's enough to give. What I have, I give you. When I was on the train, what I had was this devotional. What I had was the ability, the means, the support to be able to make a shift in order to leave the comfort of that suburban home into this trying this new thing in the city. And now, as I reflected this week on the last nine plus years of being pastor at the South Loop, I've thought about all the things. And there are days, I must confess, where I thought, boy, I've given so much to this church. I've given my time, I have given my prayers, I have given my service, I've given my money, I've given my heartache, uh, all of these things. And then, of course, people would say, well, it's your job, you're supposed to do those things. But then, as I was reflecting on what I have given over the years, it then made me think about all of the people who have come through the doors at the South Loop, no matter where our locations, whether we've been at the Spurtis Institute or at St. Matthew United Methodist Church or at East West uh, University, every single person who's come through that doors have given up something. For some people who only came once, they give up, they have a couple of hours on a Sunday morning. But of course, my heart particularly has is full when I think about the people who have come and stayed. And they've given, and they've given, and they've given. They've given their time. They've given their prayer. They've given their service. They've given their money. They've given their heartache. You have said to me and to God and this church, what I have, I give you. 
It is not easy, as I noted earlier, to give away. It will not be easy for me to give away being pastor of this site. It has been challenging these last few weeks. And I would imagine there are some, too, who are at the site who will be challenged to also think the same thing. I don't know if I'll be able to give as easily, as generously. That's what happens when a pastor leaves in the day-to-day. We build relationships. People get used to a particular way that I preach a sermon or a way that I communicate or am in a relationship that's not easy. And the temptation is to say, well, I'm not going to probably give quite as much because it's a new person who's coming And so I'm not sure I can do just that. I get that. I feel the same way. Will I be able to give to that new context that I'm going to? Will I be able to give to them as I have given to this thing that I helped create, Urban Village, South Loop? It's okay to have those thoughts and feelings. It's natural. But I guess what I'm asking for all of those who are part of Urban Village and for myself, too, is to continue to pray about it. Did you notice at the very beginning of this passage, uh, Peter and John start off by going to the temple for prayer. And so that is the thing that grounds them. That is the thing that they do, first and foremost. The text doesn't start off by saying, that Peter and John share right out of the box. No, the text says that first and foremost, they're grounded in prayer. So I'm hoping that in this time of transition at Urban Village, that people will be intentional about their prayer, that they would give their time for prayer. That is the most important thing. And then out of that, then they'd be able to think, well, what can I give? What can I give this new chapter of Urban Village? It will not be easy. But I hope and pray that those words that Peter and John use are the same words that will go through all of our minds. I give you what I have. What I have, I give you. And for everybody, that means different things. But however you answer that, however you respond to that, God blesses that. And God is pleased with that. This past week, uh, we were in Aruba, uh, which we took. This was our, we had about one week this summer where in the four of us were going to be home without anything else scheduled. And we thought it was really important for us to take a vacation because my daughter is going off to college in the fall. So this was the week that we had slotted off. We were going to do something. And so we were thinking about where to go and what to do. And so I went to and searched on the internet and just, uh, typed in the phrase, fun vacations with families for te- with teens. And Aruba was one of the first things that came up. So we thought, all right, normally, as I've said many times in my sermons in the past, I plan, I love to plan when we do vacation. And this time I did hardly any planning at all. So we didn't know what we were getting into. We knew there'd be a beach. Uh, we knew there would be, it would be warm. Uh, we knew where we were going to stay. And that's about it. So when we got there, I was a little bit surprised. If you didn't know, you know when they say the phrase, if you're ever stranded on a desert island, Aruba is a desert island. Other than the coasts with the beach and the sand, it's a desert. Cactus are everywhere. 
And so that took us aback a little bit. But once we finally got settled in and kind of looked at what we're going to do for the week, we decided that one of the days we were going to do this off-road Jeep tour. And we drove all around the island. It's a small island, so it took us the day. Uh, And the whole day we were able to really pretty much see everything. And one of the stops, we went on this one beach. And at this beach, there was this tall little uh, cliff. To call it a cliff is, I'm exaggerating a lot, but it was a little bit of a cliff, and it's about 15 feet or so down into this deep pool of water. And so they would take some people down, and you would run off of this little ledge and into this deep pool of water. And so we were all gamed uh, to do this. And um, so I've got a video that I'm going to show of my kids and my wife running off and jumping into this beautiful Caribbean water. And uh, my kids go running into it. My wife uh, not quite as eagerly, but she does. She, she leaps off, and I was going to do it myself, and I thought, I'm going to go one better. I'm going to dive off. And I asked the guy twice, is it deep enough? Is this going to be okay? Uh, and he assured me that it would, and it was. And so it was just amazing. You dive into this beautiful water, and it's exhilarating. And so we're all out there kind of treading water, and we look up, and we see this woman who also wants, you can see in her face, she so wants to follow us. She so wants to go and do this. So she runs up to the edge of this little cliff and she stops. And now people are in the water and they're cheering her on, saying, come on, come on. And so she has this look in her face, like, I don't know if I can do this or not. And so she backs up again and she runs up to the very edge and like literally she's at the edge of this and she stops and she just cannot do it. I think she tried it three times and now more and more people are watching and they're kind of cheering her on. Come on, you can do it, you can do it. And finally she walks away and there's a little bit of a groan like, oh no. And so then we continue to tread water and I notice she has walked around and she goes another way. She goes down these steps and she helps she, or she gets some help from a person and she finally eases her way into the water. Now, at first when I would, in the past, I think when I thought about that, like, ah, oh, but she didn't dive. She didn't take the risk. She didn't take the leap. But maybe it's because I'm older and wiser. I still appreciate her desire. She wanted to go in the water. She wanted to go in the water. And she did it in the way that made sense for her. She gave of herself. She didn't give of herself in the way that we did, literally giving into gravity. But she gave herself in another way. She allowed herself to be helped and guided and supported so that she too could experience what we did of just being in that amazing water. You know, I thought about that. I thought, you know, there's so easy for us sometimes to talk about taking that leap, taking that risk. And we are all at that point. We're all as a church kind of running up to this ledge. Some of us are ready to, to take that leap into this new phase, and other of us, we may run up to the edge of it and we think, oh, I'm not ready yet. Maybe we take two or three efforts out, oh, I'm still not ready yet. So we need to go and reflect and take stock of things. But I hope that in some way that you are ready to, to take that risk, to take that leap, to give, to give what you have. And however you do it, that you will do so. And about that devotional, after I gave it away, I wrote about it in my blog, and that blog made its way to the, into the hands of a retired seminary professor that I had. He happens to be good friends with Reuben Job, and he forwarded that along to Reuben Job, unbeknownst to me. So about two or three weeks after I wrote that blog, I got a package in the mail, 
And it was three of those devotionals, all signed by Reuben Job. And he wrote on each one, with great appreciation, Reuben Job. It's amazing when you give something away and what comes back sometimes is not always what you think. Sometimes it's not always easy. But we are in a new place at Urban Village. It is not easy for me to give this up because of what so many have meant to me. But what I have, I give. We all have the gift of Christ. We have the gift of this gospel, and we are called to give it away in our own way. And I hope that as we make this transition at the church, that you will do that, that you will give the new Pastor Chan a a chance, and that you will continue to give Jesus to others who so need it. I will continue this podcast. I will be continuing. For those who don't know, I record this in my office, so that will continue. My time at South Loop, uh, as I noted, though, is coming to an end. So I am grateful for all of those who support, uh, supported me at South Loop. I will not be a total stranger. I hope from time to time to still be there. But thank you. Thank you for giving so much to me. It has meant the world to me, more than I could have ever imagined. And so I'm grateful. So thank you, South Loop. Thank you for your support and for your love for your presence, for your service, for your heartache, for everything. I can never, ever thank you enough. Amen. Well, friends, thank you for listening. I'm going to be off next week, and then July 7th is when I start uh, my new position within the church. So I'll be recording then, so there'll be a new podcast about July 7th. And so, as always, you can reach out to me. Christian at urbanvillagechurch.org is my email address online, christiancoon.com, and you can reach me there. And so, friends, until the next time, may the peace of Christ be with you. My